Hey everyone, it's me, and I'm back with this week's episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast, joined with my co-host, Art Bazarkanian. Welcome to 2022. Yes, first episode of the new year. Very excited. My name is Bridget Morawski. I already introduced Art, but I forgot to introduce myself, just in case you're new to the podcast. Here's Bridget. We are two out of three parts Baz Brothers Unlimited. Which part of the brothers are you? A vintage wholesaler in Fresno, <laughs> Los Angeles, California. There's three parts. I'm, There's two uh, that are set. <laughs> so you must be the odd man out. <laughs> Sorry. Really? I know, I'm six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Okay. Uh, Just for my normal little show deets. This is what you are. Real quick. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the two-headed pecker. There it goes. Ooh, it's lively today. See if it'll jump the wire. Nah. Okay. As as always, or has me speechless, uh, email admin at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Please use that email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We ask that you specifically use that email if you want to schedule a wholesale appointment, a shopping appointment with us. We'd really appreciate it if you could send the message that way instead of social media social media we try to keep it light keep it fun but we try to keep the business part of it out of it tiktok follow us on tiktok we hit 7500 followers this week congratulations art you're a big part of that thank you instagram and interest you're not yes you are i don't even understand how the thing works. our first viral video was of you doing laundry <laughs> huh yeah my goal is to hit 10,000 by your birthday in april 10,000 that's a good goal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and don't forget to rate or review the podcast. We got two really great reviews uh, recently. One of them was from a nice young lady named Amy, and the other one was from a nice young lady named Kate. Can you stop it with that thing, please? Thank you. Um, we really appreciate your reviews. They did so through Apple Podcasts, but you can also do so through Podchaser. It'd be a great way for us to start the new year with a nice chunk of reviews. It helps other people find the podcast. Once upon a time, you were looking for a vintage podcast. There's other people out there like yourselves. It helps them find us. It gets the word out. And if you don't have time to do a review, consider a rating, which is just giving us stars. A gold star. Five gold stars. Were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Don't forget to check out our website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Sign up for our Vintage for Business newsletter. I sent the new one out today, so if you missed that, Sign up for next month, and our wholesale FAQ is there as well. The best place to look for answers to a lot of your questions is my link tree. You can find the link tree. It's my link in bio on Instagram. It's my link in bio on TikTok. And I also pretty much have everything from the link tree in the show notes. So check that out if you have any questions. And that's pretty much it for now. We'll come back and do, we have a new, uh, we have a new patron. So we'll come and talk about that in a little bit. But in the meantime, Art, this is going to be an Art-heavy episode because he picked a lot of these topics. He did? He did. Oh, Christ. Yeah. (laughs) Art-heavy. This morning he was asking me what we were talking about, and I said, "Uh uh-oh. So we're starting off talking about remakes, the vintage remake game. So a lot of you listening are vintage resellers, or if you're vintage enthusiasts, you know, you have your vintage, you have your one-of-a-kind pieces, and some of you, maybe half or more of you, that'll be fine. That's what you want to sell. But some of you, we are seeing, want to take a little stab 
that's probably not the best word. A little go. Dabble. A little, you want to dabble in the or dibble? Re, a little dibble dabble in the remake world. And by remake, we mean like reconstruction, taking. Well, some people use scraps. remake. Some people, I think reworked is now the more popular word. So well, I could care less what the popular word is. I'm just saying what you're doing. Well, so fiddling with existing garments or fabrics that already exist and to come up with something that's. You know, or reworking an existing garment. Correct. Yeah. But we do a lot of fabric scrap work. Now, I think scrap is kind of a, I don't say it's a bad word for it, but scrap, you know, I think growing up, I always thought of a scrap of something as a small piece, but, you know, our scraps are sometimes yards long. So odds and ends fabric. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So. <laughs> Art, you've been in the remake game for a long time now, the rework game, remake yeah. game. What uh, what do you think? Is it is it worth doing for a small business owner? What are some of the, I guess, the pluses and maybe some of the pitfalls? Okay, that's a good way to ask it. Uh, we started probably about within a year of doing this reworking things just out of necessity and hated the idea of wasting so we would buy things that were damaged and we'd patch them with unique ways and combining things. And then my brother got a wild hair up his, you know what, and decided, hey, why don't we make things from scratch? And I was like, uh, and, but he eventually did it. We made boots and leather jackets down in Leon, Mexico. Yeah, and that's was, like, that's a really... That's not exactly yeah. the least intricate thing to do for your no. first project. Exactly. <laughs> sort of hard and it was things. called Bare Naked Leathers. And it was a bear smoking a cigar sitting in a chair. So no. don't ask me where he came up with that. But it's fun well, to as see. As long as you didn't come up oh, with it. Oh, God, no. You do, <laughs> mine was Buck Naked Leathers and his was Bare Naked. Oh, God. And yeah. We were young. So, but it was incredibly expensive to do that and that's like one of the things you know it, it's a huge outlay of money mm -hmm. it's a huge outlay of re resources and of time yeah and looking back that's like one of the early mistakes that we've made because here you go thinking everyone's gonna love this and this was a time when everybody was looking for east west jackets north beach leather so we were trying to create that vibe that look because you couldn't find those those were you know rare so we're like hey why don't we just make it yeah. And the quality was amazing. Uh, the jackets were dead on and, you know, people loved them, but we didn't have the marketing set up. We didn't have a store that was willing to carry it. So we could only wholesale it to people that walked in and you get discouraged by people coming in and saying, oh no, you know, as opposed to like having a plan behind it. So I think if you are going to make something, uh, especially in a rework, have an idea of is if you have a brick and mortar yourself, like, you know, what's a feasible amount of units that you could sell? You know, is it going to be a huge outlay of cash? Is it something that goes with the aesthetic that you're already doing? I mean, if you're already selling something, are you going way out there to make something you've always wanted to make? Is that, you know, is that risk really necessary? You know, you have to think about minimums as well. You know, whoever's yeah. producing the garment or accessory, whatever it may be. Like a lot of people you. want to do t-shirts, yeah. you know, they want to make their own body, but when they realize how expensive it is and what the minimums are, they're like, forget it. They'll go and buy it from someone who's making. And there's there's a couple of good people yeah. in L.A. who are doing some, you know, 
you could buy a dozen at a time. Well, you have to keep in mind, it's not just the sew costs. They'll charge you for pattern making. They'll charge you for grading. And Grading you know, means basically, let's say they make one size for you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to do a size run of small, medium, large, XL, double XL. So for every single size that you're going to be making, that's the grade. They make a different scale for that. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I made my tank tops, I wanted to make another size and it was like the largest size that they would make for me. And that's, you know, it was just getting so expensive. And yeah. I felt bad because I had people ask me, well, why don't you have this size? And it's like, we have to take that into account. You know, the more sizing you're going to offer for people, which is nice. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it will add to your cost. It's not, you yeah. know. I think starting off with like things that are like unisex mm. are amazing. It's great. And sizes that fit a majority of people or something that like an accessory is a great thing to start with. Yeah. But have a have an idea prior, like where am I going to sell it? What happens if I don't sell it? Do you have money set aside that is strictly for this rework project? Oh, have and you a, have to have, have your own labels budget. too. Yep. You want to have your own labels. Um, otherwise people will just, you know, I mean. So back to your question of when do you it. think you're ready? Well, you're ready when you've allocated some money that you don't mind losing all of because it is a risk. And uh, you know you're ready when you realize that you can't find enough of something and then people are still asking you for it, but you know, you can reproduce it. That tells you that, okay, you're, you do need to find it or make it. I think the best thing is to start off with something that isn't super particular. I think the broader you can be in terms of gender, in terms of size, yeah. in terms of color, in terms of a simple fabric, keep it simple to start because it's less of a risk. Yeah. Like I would say totes. Yeah. Simple bags. Pouches. Pouches. Uh, you know, sweatshirts are a little tough. Maybe like a tunic. Yeah. Like a one size, like oversized tunic, you know, yeah. that a bunch I mean, of different sizes can wear. I think the earliest, the first thing reworked we did, I think from, was from Pendleton shirts and Big Mac flannel shirts. We made caps. Mm -hmm. Then we made newsboy caps. Then we went on to make different jack. Oh, I remember we made aprons oh, yeah. but with the overalls. That's a cool we, one. We, yeah, we just cut away the the back off of it. And it, I mean, when you open it up, no pair of overalls, it looks just like an apron. Then you just add string around the side and it was the fastest, easiest. I, could, I was able to do those, which was um, cool. Hair accessories, scrunchies. Um, I mean, yeah, we could sit here and go on and on. It's just, yeah. you know... It's something that I wouldn't go into lightly. We're not trying to discourage you. Um, I would definitely do your research also on the people who will be doing the production. Make sure it's someone that you know you're not working super remotely from. Maybe someone that you can go visit if they are fine with that. You can check in on, you can get like a TOP, which is a top of production sample to check and make sure it's to your standards and yeah, to your liking. Definitely. And then also one thing we've run into or we had prior to having our own sewers was sometimes these uh, unethical sewers will make, you know, your pieces and they'll make some for themselves. Yeah. And then you'll find them at the Rose Bowls trying to sell your stuff and then you'll have to kick their ass mm -hmm. in front of people. And that's not nice. You don't want to bring out the bad out of yourself just because so just do your research and, ask and also know you know making stuff in the united states making stuff domestically we all love it and we all appreciate it and think that it's great but just know it comes with a cost yeah there's a reason why fast fashion is made overseas you know 
It is very expensive to make garments in the United States, yeah. and the and then more you just intricate, have to explain the more it money. to your clients, you know. Yeah. And, and if everyone's on board and everyone can accept it, just like we're all accepting five dollars a gallon of gas. Something. Well, I was just going to talk about pricing. You know, yeah. don't have plans to make something that its retail price would be so far out of your typical range. You know, that's just. Think, think about, okay, what is the range of pricing in my store? What is my average, you know, what is about my average price? Look at a week's worth of data, a month's worth of data. So say like the average price of something selling in your store or online is $69. Okay, then don't plan to develop something that you're going to sell for like 129 Yeah, unless you have other items that are 129 in the same category. I mean, if you have a bunch of pants that you're selling from 109 to 149 awesome. I just, I think that's too much of a risk. I would say, hey, maybe I'll plan to make something that I can sell for 89 You yeah. know, just keep it a little closer to that average and don't go so far above. Feels a little less risky to me. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you wanted to add to that first mini topic? No. No? Okay, no. great. Now, the next two, you seem to be pretty gung-ho on. Um, gung-ho. I will chime in, but you wanted to talk about how we've been sourcing the Carhartt and how... That should have motivated people. Um, I feel like you have your own thoughts, so I'll chime in. Go ahead. It's on. Yeah, first of all, thank you for those of you who yes. listened and sent in the double knees. It's a and, great help. Well, let's just say one more time. I know I posted on Instagram in the stories. I said, this is the last time I'm going to post this. Take a screenshot so you have it when you're out thrifting. But basically what we've been looking for are, go ahead, Art. Double knee canvas, canvas Carhartts. Yes, yeah, so that means from size canvas. thirty to forty-four, minimum inseam of thirty. So, a lot of times these things they're out there, but you know, unfortunately, I don't have the luxury of going out there and thrifting, buying anymore. So I need quite a bit. So I've just put the call out to different people. Then Bridget suggested, "Hey, why don't we put it out there on Instagram and use the entire and TikTok and TikTok." force out there that exists that can get it to us so a lot of people have taken it and i've been impressed with a few people like especially there's a local kid who asked all the questions then asked them again which is good because you want to be thorough because you know when you're buying something for someone else you know you want to be safe but he's already been by here a couple times bringing things so thank you and it's the initiative you know, a lot of times it, you're out there thrifting, you're buying dresses, you're the dress person, right? So my philosophy is just because I have $100 in my pocket doesn't mean I'm going to walk by that $20 bill that's on the ground. And what that means is to me, if you see an opportunity to make money, connect the dots, connect the pieces, buy it for 10 20 and make that 30 or 40 Because here's a person that's willing to pay you $50, which is about... 15 to $20 more than market value, you know? Yes. So that's but what we're offering people. We're, the people that have been bringing the pairs to us and or mailing them, we're paying them $50 per pair. Right. Which is high. Which I mean, I don't know if I was like thinking back to my early twenties when I was doing this, I'd, you know, what a brick if, if I could get that much, I would have been looking for them and sending them in, even though that was not my cup of tea. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's like, just cause you're a dress person, don't, I don't, think paying don't those head, student loans, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes 
you know, and then and then well, that prompted me to think, you know what, this is pretty much the entire definition of business. And then me and Bridget got in a debate about it. I said, any business you get into is connecting two things, is connecting an end buyer and a supplier. If you can buy low, sell high. And then a lot of times, different shops have different sale prices. Why? Because they have attracted a different clientele. And you as a thrifter, salesperson, or even if you're just buying for yourself, why not supplement what you just bought with something that you're going to sell to someone else and yours becomes free now? Yeah, and this ties in with something that I talked about. In case you did not get the Vintage for Business newsletter today, if you didn't get to sign up in time, I talked about um, taking the money you make from your profits and reinvesting it back into your business. So I had a 50-50 method when I was selling vintage. I did 50% back into the business, 50% into my student loans. Um, but, you know, if you did something like this where you're, <coughs> you're sourcing for art, that money, I would put that right back into your business. You know, look at it like that. It's like, okay, I paid X for these Carhartt. I'm going to make 50. Reinvest in yourself. Exactly. No, that's that's great discipline. Yeah, that's what that it's is. not easy. I mean, no. I had a day job and my day job paid all my other bills, but my hustle was to build my hustle larger and make more opportunities for me in that sense. And then also to pay down a large amount of debt that I had. Yeah. See, what I liked about the kid that came is he goes, what why else? Don't you, why don't you say his name? Oh, I didn't want to embarrass him. Well, go ahead. Okay. Well, thank you, Ikey. Yeah. So he's a local kid. Him. Um no, no, no. It's, I'll look up his Instagram. I so he, he took the initiative to say, hey, what else shot. are you looking for, right? I'm like, here we go. Somebody with some gumph that's like, okay, I'm out there anyway. And he has this particular look of stuff that he likes to buy and he likes to sell. And he's like, well, since I'm out there, I can make some more money. And so I told him and I showed him a few things in the warehouse. And three days later, he shows up with another car full. So and we love motivation. We yeah, love motivated I people. I really I mean, do. I, I guess I had never really thought about it. I was always a motivated person, but I just didn't have that self awareness that I was. It's just who I was. It was in my DNA. I never really thought about it. And then when I met art and I moved here and started working with art, um, I had someone next to me almost all the time you know, kind of giving me these verbal cues about people like this person is motivated, that person isn't motivated. And I was then I started to think about it more and reflect on it more. Um, just about, you know, motivation in general. And um, I don't know, Art and I are both very motivated people. I think it's why we work well together. And we appreciate that in other people. And uh, so Ike, um, his uh, Instagram is who is Ike? So uh, who is I-K-I-E? Check him out. He's a local guy. Very kind to uh, to bring this stuff to art and uh, good for him. Exactly. Yeah. And again, the clients that you've created for yourself are kudos to you. You know, uh, I can take 10 people who have shops and they'll have a Harley shirt and all 10 of you will have different prices because you know what you can get for it. And that's based on your skill and what you've been able to attract, what you've been able to create. And why are you laughing? Because you're holding the double-headed pecker and oh. you're like you're like rubbing it. 
Is that necessary right now? I mean, I might how, do that with like you? one of the crystals. Seriously? Yo, well, okay. Well, that's girl is, stuff. I this mean, is it, boy. What no. am I going to hold a crystal? I mean, the crystal's pretty phallic, even though it's pink. It's very phallic. That's a pencil looking thing. It does kind of look like a big crayon. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. It was just funny because you were like holding All right, it. I'll put it on chicken thunder. Thunder to chicken. What is it? Thunder chicken. Chicken, th- chicken thunder. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so immature. It was just, you know, you're holding it. You were like rubbing it at the base. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you know the tip base. I mean, (laughs) Christ. I think this is my first rodeo. Uh, No, I think you had your own Calgary stampede. I got some buckles, my friend. All right. Oh, Christ. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. Continue. No. Anyhow, this child. What was I talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I distracted you real Big bad. time. We're talking about motivation. Yeah. Motivation to not notice somebody rubbing the base. <laughs> anyway. Well, you wanted to, t- what you had wanted to do was you wanted this to be a way to segue into your final topic where you just kind of wanted to talk about business in general and what it really means to be a business owner or run a business. Because I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think that you were saying that some people don't, it's not that they're they're not intelligent or anything like that, it's just they severely underestimate sometimes, people who are just starting out, what it really takes to do it. Not even close to what I was thinking, but I like that. I thought that's what you said. No, mine was more like, like, what does it really take? What does it really take? What is business? It was like more of a deep philosophical thing. What is business? Well, business. But sometimes you do say that, you know, like we talk about people who, like I saw a great meme once. It said, just because you're great at baking cupcakes doesn't mean that should be your full-time job. Correct. Right. Right. So what does it really take, Art? Who knows? Who knows? It takes everything you have. That's what it comes down to. You know, you got to be intelligent. You got to be organized. You got to be hardworking. You got to be smart. You got to be lucky. It takes everything, but it doesn't just take you finding cool stuff. was my point. Yeah. You know, that's one small aspect. Buying is the easiest part of the business, but having people to sell it to is the hardest. Having clients that are reliable, Having a source that you can offload stuff to, that's just as important. Being financially stable enough to weather storms, that's important. So it's like a myriad of things that have to come together to work. What is that face? I'm just, I was listening. Oh, okay. But you're making a face. Was I? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. A face where a face doesn't belong. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's just my, probably my resting bitch face. Um, that is a face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Continue. No, I'm good. You didn't want to add anything else to that? No. I d- I'm just not trying to deter anybody. But like, again, like I said, just because you can find some cool stuff doesn't mean you should be starting a business. It means that you need to find somebody to sell the stuff to. I'll, I'll, I'll add a little tail to that. Okay. So, and this is not meant to be offensive to anyone. This is just an observation on my end. So you have to think about what I did in my life up until I moved to California, uh, specifically like my, my job in the corporate world and the people that I worked with and the people that I had the opportunity and the privilege to meet, so on and so forth. So when I moved to Fresno, um, 
and this is not meant to shit on Fresno or anything like that, but as it's an I, observation, it's an observation as I, as I'm getting to know people and going out and about and meeting people, I started meeting people that were stylists and models and creative directors and makeup artists and hairstylists. And when I'd ask them, you know, about their background, I realized that, oh, they've given them this, they've given themselves that title or that career path, but they haven't really done it. They did it maybe one time and now they think that's what they are. Now, does it hurt to be aspirational to be those things? Absolutely not. Stylist in training. Cool. Um, but when, what was it just cause you dressed your cat and took a picture of it doesn't make you a stylist and a photographer. I think I said a cut co- your cousin, you know, just cause you did your cousin's makeup for her wedding doesn't make you a makeup artist. I like now the there are plenty of people out there that are amazing at makeup that have absolutely no schooling behind it. But I really appreciate people who take the time to learn. They find a mentor, they find an internship, they find something where they find someone who is truly that thing, whatever it is that they may be, and they work under them, okay? I did a um, fashion show with a fashion stylist who I still keep in touch with. She's based out of LA. She is a fashion stylist through and through. When I worked for her, I believe my job title was assistant to key stylist, okay? I didn't technically call myself a fashion stylist until probably two or three years after that when I had actually taken on clients and done other events and had the, you know, the practice behind it. So how does this apply to business or vintage resellers or whatever? I just think that, you know, don't call yourself a business if it's just a hustle. No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, Just take time to really to learn and to make mistakes and to not build up such a big ego so fast. Stay humble. Stay humble. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw that when, and talking about my observation, I saw that in a lot of people. I'm like, Oh, even if I told them they aren't that it wouldn't matter because the ego is there Yeah, and they think that they are, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, which is why for a long time we did internships here, you know, um, and internships here usually require you doing a bunch of bullshit stuff. And honestly, it's all the bullshit stuff I've ever done at every job I've ever had. And I don't, it could be something like, uh, mopping up a mess when I was a cashier at a grocery store. It's all those things that really contributed to me being who I am in my career, and in my work path, um, I just think that those those learning opportunities are important. And I think it's good to not just right off the bat be like, I am this. I, I think it's good to stop and say, am I that? And what do I still need to do to be that? Or better. Or better, yeah. That's a great point. So. I, mean, I can't even follow that up. I feel like I should be clapping. No claps needed. Oh, I did want to add something. Multiple people have said they cried last episode. 
episode. Oh, you're going to cry again. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. I felt so bad. That was not my intention. Yeah. Yeah, nobody cried for my dad, but they cried for the dogs. Because they're messaging me. Oh. They're messaging me. They're talking to me. I'm teasing. And you didn't cry about your dad. You have composure about... I'm not... I know you cried about your dad when he died. I know that. I was there. But I was crying via the microphone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people brought up the fire thing and they, you know, they commented on that. And the reason why I mentioned that is just because I I think to that inspire it's... inspire others. Well, obviously to inspire, but you know, it has absolutely nothing to do with fashion, but it can be applied to all walks of life. You know, there's going to be someday you're going to wake up and have to walk into something that you didn't think you were going to have to or you didn't see coming and it's going to change your life. It, it could be for the better, for the worse. And you're going to have to figure out how to react to that. And, um, yeah, it was definitely meant to inspire. But I think, it, it, you know, it was a, about a fire and horses. And it was terrifying. But I think it can be applied to a lot of life situations. So my intent was not to make anybody sad or to cry. Um, and I do get emotional talking about my dogs. I miss them every day. And I love them still. Um but I just, I just wanted to put that out there. I thought it was a good way to end the year. So, yeah, Art's doing jazz hands. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to add, sir? No. No, anything else about the topics? No. Oh my God, we didn't do the Patreon program. Holy Patreon shit. program, burning, burning hot question. Well, unfortunately, the new patron he does not have a question for you at the moment. Uh, he said he'll take advantage of it when he needs. Uh, but we wanted to thank our new patron. His name is Joel B. Thank you, Joel, for your patronage. Um, he has an eBay business. He's on social, but he says he's not active. He follows. He kind of like he's kind of like one of those people that follows along other accounts, but he doesn't post himself. Um, but he just wanted me to shout out his eBay name. It's eclectic and unique. Eclectic and unique. So thank you, Joel, for your patronage. We really appreciate it. Um, is and spelled out, or it's just a, a symbol? Uh, a N D. Okay. Good question. You're more of the eBay guy. So thank you for asking yeah, that. That makes it easier to find them. So I have some good news about the patron program. If this is a part you normally skip over, I would suggest not doing it because we've added two new patron tiers. What? Yes. As always, if you would like to make a one-time donation to the podcast, you can do so via the link tree. You can put in any amount. There's some set amounts there for you or you could pick. I can adjust them. So if you want to do that, that's on you. We have five tiers now. Our normal $5 tier, which is open to an inf infinite amount of people, you get a shout out for your person or for your business, a burning question for art, and two bonus episodes a month. That's the same as it's always been. We have a new $20 tier. Mm. Now, this tier is strictly advertising. There's no other bells or whistles. So with the $20 tier, and if you excuse me, I'll pull up my, my pod bean so I can read it to you. So with the $20 tier, you're going to get a 30 to 60 second advertisement for your vintage business, and that's read once per each recording. And that works out to be two ad slots a month. So this is really great for anybody who's out there trying to get the word out about your business. You come up with the copy on your own, I read it. So that's on you. But you'll get two ads per month, 30 to 60 seconds. It could be for Instagram, for your website, for both, whatever you can fit in that amount of time. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you're sick of advertising on Instagram or Facebook, you feel like that's not going anywhere, give the podcast a shot and you can cancel at any time. So that is our new $20 tier. 
Now I also added a $25 tier. This is a new mentor coaching tier for those of you who don't want to wait because right now the $50 tier is waitlisted or you're on a smaller budget and you want to do some mentorship with me. This is a text coaching mentorship. So we're going to do this through the Nudge Coach app, which I'd walk you through once you sign up. This is available to five people and five people only with the Nudge Coach app and the $25 tier. And by the way, you get all the benefits of the $5 tier. So you get the shout out, you get the burning question for art. You get to ask me two questions um, a month about your vintage business via the text app. What if I have three? Oh, it's two. Okay. Okay. I have to set boundaries. Yeah. Remember. Boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. boundaries are important. So that's something new. It's $25 a month. I'm trying to help some other people out that, you know, there's some people right now on the wait list uh, for the $50 level. If you guys want to jump down to the 25, totally cool with me. Or if you're at the 50 and you want to go back to the 25, that's fine as well. Or if you're new and you want to try it out, welcome. So that is the $25 tier. $50 a month uh, tier is a one hour video call with me once per month and all the benefits of the $5 tier. Unfortunately, that is now waitlisted. If you are dead set on um, coming into that level, get on the waitlist now because it's continually growing. Um, and I do believe once a spot opens, they blast all the emails on the wait list and it's first come, first serve. So, and if you don't want to wait and you have a little extra money in your budget, we do have our $100 per month. Um, it's the vintage reseller package. Is it tax deductible? Yes. It is, right? Yes. It's a business expense. It's business expense. Professional service. Yes. Do you get 1099 for it? Do I get 1099 Yeah. Could they 1099 you yes. for it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. As long as it's over 600 bucks a year, right? Yes. So basically somebody who's paying you $50 for 12 months can, has, can, could tend to If you're at the $50 you. level. Yeah. Or the $100 level. Or the 100 level. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yes, thank that's, you, that's tax good, uh, man. Um, at the $100 level, you get all the benefits of the 5 and the 50 and you also get a monthly audit of your selling platform or website and a free copy of our Retail Math mini class. So you get a lot for $100. So welcome, $25 and $20 level. I'm excited. If you want to advertise or you want to do some text coaching with me, come on. Just sign up at patron.podbean.com slash podcast. There is a link for these things almost everywhere. It's raining. Yay, more rain. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to, I wanted to make things a little bit more accessible to people and give people some other options. I thought like five to 50 was a pretty steep You know jump. what really impresses me is that the people that have started have stuck with it. I know. And, and I was and gonna, I was going to say so that about well. the $50 level, like my mentees and the $100 level, you guys are doing so good. And I hate to say it, but I don't know if any of them are going anywhere anytime soon. I know, but they're doing so I well. I know. You know I just, they're I, implementing the things you're yeah. helping, just giving them those nudges and some outside thinking out of the box it's helpful sometimes to talk to someone well there's nothing you know? better for someone especially as a former teacher there's nothing better than someone taking <coughs> what you're teaching them and applying it yes if they're not doing that then you get frustrated but there's only so much you can do right. i can give them the information they have to be motivated to make those changes on their own when i'm not there with them so that's why you get so excited when they do it and you come out of the room clapping Yay, yeah i'm so proud of them i'm happy yeah, yeah. because it's you know i that's gratifying yeah, and it's hard because it's, it's remote, and obviously I get to see them, which is great. It's a, a, an amazing advance in technology that we can do that now, especially during the pandemic. But, you know, I'm not physically there, so there's only so much I can do. 
in terms of, you know, on their end. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, patron.podbean.com slash my best vintage life podcast. If you would like to support the pod, if you love what you hear, at the very least, you could do a $5 donation or a one-time donation or explore the tiers. Yes. <laughs> you have anything else you want to add, my friend? Welcome to 2020. Oh, oops, 2022. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, my friends, stay sane. Stay, st- what do I usually say? Sane? <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be basic. Be kind. And don't be basic. Was it be kind? Yeah. Rewind? No. Well, that was the VHS. Were you around then? Oh, please. Of course. You're not the DVD generation? No. You had I mean, beta and VHS? No beta, VHS. Oh, okay. My parents and brother probably had a beta, but I was 88. Oh, yeah, you had VHS. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>